Section 1, Volume 3 of The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night Translated by Richard Burton This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org Recording by Barbara Clements The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night Volume 3, Section 1 when it was the one hundred and twenty-fifth night, Shahrazad continued, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that Aziz pursued to Taj al-Muluk. Then I entered the flower garden and made for the pavilion, where I found the daughter of Delilah the wily one, sitting with head on knee and hand to cheek. Her color was changed and her eyes were sunken, but when she saw me she exclaimed, Praise be Allah for thy safety! and she was minded to rise, but fell down for joy. I was abashed before her and hung my head. Presently, however, I went up to her and kissed her and asked, How knewest thou that I should come to thee this very night? She answered, I knew it not. By Allah, this whole year past I have not tasted the taste of sleep, but have watched through every night expecting thee, and such has been my case since the day thou winced out from me and I gave thee the new suit of clothes, and thou promised me to go to the hammam, and to come back. And so I sat awaiting thee that night, and a second night, and a third night. But thou camest not, till after so great a delay, and I ever expecting thy coming. For this is lover's way. And now I would have thee tell me what hath been the cause of thine absence from me this past year long. So I told her, and when she knew that I was married, her color waxed yellow, and I added, I have come to thee this night, but I must leave thee before day. Quoth she, Doth it not suffice her that she tricked thee into marrying her and kept thee prisoner with her a whole year? But she must also make thee swear by the oath of divorce that thou wilt return to her on the same night before morning, and not allow thee to divert thyself with thy mother or me nor suffer thee to pass one night with either of us away from her? How then must it be with one from whom thou hast been absent a full year? And I knew thee before she did. But Allah have mercy on thy cousin Aziza, for there befell her what never befell any, and she bore what none other ever bore, and she died by thy ill usage. Yet twas she who protected thee against me. Indeed, I thought thou didst love me, so I let thee take thine own way else had I not suffered thee to go safe in a sound skin, when I had it in my power to clap thee in jail, and even to slay thee. Then she wept with sore weeping, and waxed wroth and shuddered in my face with skin bristling, and looked at me with furious eyes. When I saw her in this case, I was terrified at her, and my side muscles trembled and quivered, for she was like a dreadful she-gull, an ogress in ire, and I like a bean over the fire. Then she said, Thou art of no use to me, now thou art married and hast a child, nor art thou any longer fit for my company. I care only for bachelors and not for married men. These profitest nothing thou hast sold me for yonder stinking armful. But by Allah, I will make the whore's heart ache for thee, and thou shalt not live either for me or for her. Then she cried a loud cry, and ere I could think, up came the slave girls and threw me to the ground. And when I was helpless under their hands... She rose, and taking a knife, said, I will cut thy throat as they slaughter he-goats, and that will be less than thy desert, for thy doings to me and the daughter of thy uncle before me. 
when I looked to my life and found myself at the mercy of her slave women, with my cheeks dust-soiled, and saw her sharpen the knife, I made sure of death. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. When it was the one hundred and twenty-sixth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the wazir Dandan thus continued his tale to Zau al-Makan. Then quoth the youth Aziz to Taj al-Maluk, Now when I found my life at the mercy of her slave women, with my cheeks dust-soiled, and I saw her sharpen the knife, I made sure of death, and cried out to her for mercy. But she only redoubled in ferocity, and ordered the slave girls to pinion my hands behind me, which they did, and throwing me on my back, she seated herself on my middle, and held down my head. Then two of them came up and squatted on my shin-bones, whilst other two grasped my hands and arms, and she summoned a third pair, and bade them beat me. So they beat me till I fainted, and my voice failed. When I revived, I said to myself, "'Twere easier and better for me to have my gullet slit than to be beaten on this wise. And I remembered the words of my cousin, and how she used to say to me, Allah, keep thee from her mischief. And I shrieked and wept till my voice failed, and I remained without power to breathe or to move. Then she again wetted the knife, and said to the slave girls, Uncover him. Upon this the Lord inspired me to repeat to her the two phrases my cousin had taught me, and had bequeathed to me. And I said, O oh, my lady, dost thou not know that faith is fair, unfaith is foul? When she heard this, she cried out, and said, Allah pity thee, Aziza, and give thee paradise in exchange for thy wasted youth. By Allah, of a truth she served thee in her lifetime, and after her death, and now she hath saved thee alive out of my hands with these two saws. Nevertheless, I cannot by any means leave thee thus, but needs must I set my mark on thee, to spite yonder brazen-faced piece, who hath kept thee from me. Thereupon she called out to the slave women, and bade them bind my feet with cords, then said to them, Take seat on him. They did her bidding, upon which she arose and fetched a pan of copper, and hung it over the brazier, and poured into it oil of sesame, in which she fried cheese. Then she came up to me, and I still insensible, and unfastening my bag trousers, tied a cord round my testicles, and giving it to two of her women, bade them trawl at it. They did so, and I swooned away, and was for an excess of pain in a world other than this. Then she came with a razor of steel and cut off my member masculine, so that I remained like a woman, after which she seared the wound with the boiling, and rubbed it with a powder, and I the while unconscious. Now when I came to myself the blood had stopped, so she bade the slave girls unbind me, and made me drink a cup of wine. Then said she to me, Go now to her whom thou hast married, and who grudged me a single night, and the mercy of Allah be on thy cousin Aziza, who saved thy life, and never told her secret love. Indeed, hadst thou not repeated those words to me, I had surely slit thy end. Go forth this instant to whom thou wilt, for I needed not of thee save what I have just cut off, and now I have no part in thee, nor have I any further want of thee or care for thee. So be gone about thy business, and rub thy head, and implore mercy for the daughter of thine uncle. Thereupon she kicked me with her foot, and I rose, hardly able to walk, 
and I went little by little till I came to the door of our house. I saw it was open, so I threw myself within it and fell down in a fainting fit, whereupon my wife came out and, lifting me up, carried me into the saloon and assured herself that I had become like a woman. Then I fell into a sleep and a deep sleep, and when I woke I found myself thrown down at the garden gate. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased to say her permitted say. When it was the one hundred and twenty seventh night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the wazir Dandan pursued to King Zau al Makan. The youth Aziz thus continued his story to Taj al Maluk. When I awoke and found myself thrown down at the garden gate, I rose groaning for pain and misery and made my way to our home, and entering, I came upon my mother weeping for me, and saying, What I knew, O my son, in what land thou art. So I drew near, and threw myself upon her, and when she looked at me, and felt me, she knew that I was ill, for my face was colored black and tan. Then I thought of my cousin and all the kind offices she had been wont to do me, and I learned when too late that she had truly loved me, so I wept for her, and my mother wept also. Presently she said to me, O my son, thy sire is dead. At this my fury against fate redoubled, and I cried till I fell into a fit. When I came to myself, I looked at the place where my cousin Aziza had been used to sit, and shed tears anew, till I all but fainted once more for excess of weeping. And I ceased not to cry and sob and wail till midnight. When my mother said to me, Thy father hath been dead these ten days. I shall never think of any one but my cousin Aziza, replied I, and indeed I deserve all that hath befallen me, for that I neglected her who loved me with love so dear. Asked she, What hath befallen thee? So I told her all that had happened, and she wept a while. Then she rose and set some matter of meat and drink before me. I ate a little and drank, after which I repeated my story to her, and told her the whole occurrence, whereupon she exclaimed, Praise be Allah that she did but this to thee, and forbore to slaughter thee. Then she nursed me and medicined me, till I regained my health, and when my recovery was complete, she said to me, O my son, I will now bring out to thee that which thy cousin committed to me in trust for thee, for it is thine. She swore me not to give it to thee, till I should see thee recalling her to mind, and weeping over her, and thy connection severed from other than herself. And I know that these conditions are fulfilled in thee. So she arose, and opening a chest, took out this piece of linen, with the figures of gazelles worked thereon, which I had given to Aziza in time past. And taking it, I found written therein these couplets. Lady of beauty, say who taught thee hard and harsh design to slay with longing love's excess this hapless lover thine? And thou fain dost remember me beyond our parting day, Allah will know that thee and thee my memory never shall tine. Thou blamest me with bitter speech, yet sweetest tis to me. Wilt generous be, and deign one day to show of love a sign? I had not reckoned love contained so much of pine and pain, 
and soul distress until I came for thee to pain and pine. Never my heart knew weariness until that eve I fell in love with thee and prostrate fell before those glancing eyne. My very foes have mercy on my case and moan therefore, but thou, O heart of Indian steel, all mercy dost decline. No, never will I be consoled by Allah, and I die, nor yet forget the love of thee, though life in ruins lie. When I read these couplets, I wept with sore weeping, and buffeted my face. Then I unfolded the scroll, and there fell from it another paper. I opened it, and behold, I found written therein, Know, O son of my uncle, that I acquit thee of my blood, and I beseech Allah to make accord between thee and her whom thou lovest, but if aught befall thee through the daughter of Delilah the wily, return thou not to her, neither resort to any other woman, and patiently bear thine affliction. For were not thy fated life tied a long life, thou hadst perished long ago. But praise be Allah, who hath appointed my death day before thine. My peace be upon thee, preserve this cloth with the gazelles herein figured, and let it not leave thee, for it was my companion when thou was absent from me. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. When it was the one hundred and twenty-eighth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the wazir Dandan pursued to King Zaul al-Makan, and the youth Aziz continued to Taj al-Maluk. So I read what my cousin had written, and the charge to me which was, Preserve this cloth with the gazelles, and let it not leave thee, for it was my companion when thou wast absent from me. And Allah upon thee, if thou chance to fall in with her who worked these gazelles, hold aloof from her, and do not let her approach thee, nor marry her. And if thou happen not on her, and find no way to her, look thou consort not with any of her sex. Know that she who wrought these gazelles worketh every year a gazelle cloth, and dispatcheth it to far countries, that her report and the beauty of her broidery, which none in the world can match, may be brooded abroad. As for thy beloved, the daughter of Delilah the wily, this cloth came to her hand, and she used to ensnare folk with it, showing it to them and saying, I have a sister who wrought this. But she lied in so saying, Allah rend her veil. This is my parting counsel, and I have not charged thee with this charge, but because I know that after my death the world will be straitened on thee, and haply by reason of this thou wilt leave thy native land and wander in foreign parts, and hearing of her who wrought these figures, thou mayest be minded to foregather with her. Then wilt thou remember me when the memory shall not avail thee, nor wilt thou know my worth till after my death. And lastly, learn that she who wrought the gazelles is the daughter of the king of the Camphor Islands, and a lady of the noblest. Now when I had read that scroll, and understood what was written therein, I fell again to weeping, and my mother wept because I wept, and I ceased not to gaze upon it, and to shed tears till nightfall. I abode in this condition a whole year, at the end of which the merchants with whom I am in this kafila prepared to set out from my native town, and my mother counseled me to equip myself and journey with them. 
so haply I might be consoled, and my sorrow be dispelled, saying, Take comfort, and put away from thee this morning, and travel for a year or two, or three, to the caravan return, when perhaps thy breast may be broadened and thy heart hardened. And she ceased not to persuade me with enduring words, till I provided myself with merchandise and set out with the caravan. But all the time of my wayfaring, my tears have never dried. No, never. And at every halting place where we halt, I open this piece of linen and look on these gazelles and call to mind my cousin Aziza and weep for her as thou hast seen. For indeed she loved me with dearest love and died oppressed by my unlove. I did her naught but ill, and she did me naught but good. When these merchants return from their journey, I shall return with them, by which time I shall have been absent a whole year. Yet hath my sorrow waxed greater, and my grief and affliction were but increased by my visit to the islands of Camphor and the castle of Crystal. Now these islands are seven in number, and are ruled by a king by name Sharaman, who hath a daughter called Dunya. And I was told that it was she who wrought these gazelles, and that this piece in my possession was of her embroidery. When I knew this, my yearning redoubled, and I burnt with the slow fire of pining, and was drowned in the sea of sad thought, and I wept over myself, for that I was become even as a woman, without manly tool like other men, and there was no help for it. From the day of my quitting the Camphor Islands, I have been tearful-eyed and heavy-hearted, and such hath been my case for a long while, and I know not whether it will be given to me to return to my native land and die beside my mother or not, for I am sick from eating too much of the world. Thereupon the young merchant wept and groaned and complained and gazed upon the gazelles, whilst the tears rolled down his cheeks in streams, and he repeated these two couplets. Joy needs shall come, a prattler gan to prattle. Needs cease thy blame, I was commoved to rattle. In time, quoth he, quoth I, tis marvellous. Who shall ensure my life, O cold of tattle? And he repeated also these. Well, Allah weets that since our severance day, I've wept till forced to ask of tears alone. Patience, the blamer cries, thou'lt have her yet, quoth I, O blamer, where may patience one? Then said he, this, O king, is my tale. Hast thou ever heard one stranger? So Taj al-Muluk marveled with great marvel at the young merchant's story, and fire darted into his entrails on hearing the name of the lady Dunya and her loveliness, and Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased to say her permitted say. End of section 1 of The Book A Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 3